Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 497 for Wednesday, the 29th of March, 2017. Nice to see you. Tonight, we've got a jam-packed, exciting show for you. I've got one of these I want to show you. And I just pushed a button on it, and it did something on my computer. That's a hint. It's going to do all kinds of crazy awesome stuff. Uh, also, we've got a RetroPie. We're going to be adding 128 gig micro SD. Notice that I said adding. We are going to be supplementing the file system, adding more space for our ROM games. Uh, also, we've got a device that is going to allow you to record those uh, that gameplay to uh, micro SD or to a USB flash drive with an absolute, uh, absolutely autonomously from uh, an, the need for a computer. You do not need a computer to use this device to capture your video. That is cool. It is really neat. Stick around. We're going to show you everything like that. Right. Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.tv newsroom. A major blow for the fight for privacy. The U.S. Senate plans to allow ISPs to sell your browser history to advertisers. 30% of the UK or jobs in the UK are at risk of robot takeover. Microsoft appears to be purposefully crippling OneDrive's performance on non-Windows systems such as Linux. FedEx is offering customers $5 US to enable Adobe Flash in their browsers. And an autonomous Uber car crash in Arizona has led the company to pull autonomous vehicles from the road. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives from Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to Category 5. I'm your host, Robbie Ferguson, and would you help me welcome tonight, Sasha Dermatis. Hello. And over here is Jeff Weston. Hey. And RetroPie. Hi. It's good to see you. Yay. It's good to see you. I feel oh, like we we're going like to have a, fun tonight. An 80s type, like, bloop, 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 or something is a hi. To, to go with <laughs> the, the RetroPie. Retro say hi. Aw, yeah. yeah. Let's 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 post that in. Sure. All right. All right. Um, you'll notice I can do camera switching tonight, Jeff. Yes. Just standing around. I'm just like hands behind my back, and I'm doing this kind of stuff. It's How magic. does he do it? How do you do the it? The Wirecast Guru figured this out. Remember when we did our our March break special? Yes. I borrowed something from Sasha. Sasha, do you want to show the folks how you operate your teleprompter? With this with that. handy dandy, what is it? It's like a, a Bluetooth keyboard, keyboard, like keyboard from Rico Magic. It's fantastic. So what I did is I programmed Telestream Wirecast to know that certain shots are, in fact, different keystrokes on a keyboard. Okay. And then programmed Sasha's remote to operate that. And then I right. was able to move around the, the building in Studio D here and change camera shots no matter where I was. That's exciting. So yeah. it worked. And so then we said, we need this. We do. This is great. So lo and behold, jumped on Amazon. You know what's funny? I saw it. For some reason, I thought it was a BlackBerry. Because <laughs> <of the keyboard. laughs> it looks it just, just it like a BlackBerry like, oh, God, keyboard. It kind of does. Yeah, a little. Um, but here's the thing. Um, 
it's strictly a keyboard. Sasha's is also is an air mouse. So when you move it around, it, right. it controls the mouse on the screen, and, it, and you can accidentally click on stuff and things like it's that. Good so times. I wanted one that was strictly a keyboard. So this has. I guess, like, all the letters of the alphabet plus all the I numbers. <laughs> I haven't checked. No, I'm saying, missing an e. well, how many? So we've got 26 characters in the alphabet, plus we've got one through zero. And so I can program any one of these keys to be any camera so shot uh, in Telestream Wirecast. That's awesome. And then all I have to do is just push the button on the keyboard, and, and it swaps. Listen, so with, uh, with this technology, don't go hog wild. <laughs> Just be swapping camera yeah. angles. You're gonna give people all the time. like camera dizziness back and forth, back and forth. Back Isn't that a cool <laughs> idea though, folks? It's completely wireless. That's so awesome. we can expand the studio if we got wireless microphones like we had rented for our special. Yes. Then we'd be able to actually move around and just switch with this at my side. I like that. That's kind of cool. So I ordered it. It was like 14 bucks, and it arrived very, very quickly. That's it? 14 Yeah, and I got this wonderful um, letter from the shipper. Okay. Dear Sir Ma'am. <laughs> Sounds personal. Very personalized. Dear Sir Ma'am, <clears throat> how are you doing? Uh-oh. Uh thanks for your order, and thanks for Choice Us. For Choice Us. My friend. Oh. My friend. Hope everything going well. At the same time, we had send some gift together with this order. Just as gift. <laughs> Hope you like it. Another hand, could you please give us a five stars feedback and five satyrs product review if you feeling everything good? <laughs> Thanks very much, sir, ma'am. Best wishes to all of your family. Okay, that was just like spot on perfect. <laughs> so I love this it arrived. Person. It arrived. It it's here. It works fantastically well. I appreciated the, the I appreciated everything. That was yes. it. Yeah. What's your free gift? Uh, let me let me okay. express okay. my reply. Okay. Uh oh. Dear ma'am, sir. Ma'am, <laughs> sir. I is doing well. Very well, in fact, as you have provisioned my order, and it is all I had hoped for. Thanks to you for fulfilling my order, my lover. <laughs> At the same time, I had received your gift. Together with this order, I accept this as just a gift and not a bribe to provide you with a five-satter feedback. I like it very much, and its price was just what I had hoped for in a gift. Free. Another hand, I could give you a five stars feedback and five satyrs product review because the wireless keyboard I purchased from you is exactly what I desired in all things and arrived quickly at my postal. I feel I should also add, because you asked such a question, I am feeling everything good. <laughs> Thanks you for asking. Ma'am, sir, I wish your family well. With warmest affections. I appreciate the kind words that oh. were sent. Everything about that was absolutely perfect. <laughs> that was good. And to answer your question, here's the gift. So okay. it is a fidget spinner, as it says on the packaging. Okay. And let's see here, because folks are wondering what it is. There you go. Okay. A fidget spinner. What do you expect? It's, it's going to be a fidget oh. spinner. It's one of those, you know, 
fidgety distractions things. at the office. You remember the little squish it's things? Like a star, that, though, like yeah, you want to throw it, don't you? Yeah, it spins so this fast. How fast can you get that going, Sash? Oh, I yeah. appreciate the free gift. <laughs> That's awesome. And I will give them a five star review because this thing works great. Yes. That's why I'll give a five star review and I'll put it in our shop. Right. And I'm going to promote this to Telestream Wirecast community that, because this is a amazing. great little camera switcher. That's good. Fantastic. I like it. You know what's funny? When I saw your spinner sitting there, yes. I didn't realize it was a spinner. I'm just looking at it going, that is a really neat, some sort of electronic device with like buttons. I wonder if it's some sort of Bluetooth thing. It's just a free gift. <laughs> it's yes, just a free that. gift. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Jeff, you and I built this retro pie yes. gaming system yes. retro pie um is a uh an uh, installation a distribution of linux that you can install on a raspberry pi yes you can go back to episode number four uh, 442 was it that long episode ago? 442 42 of category 5 technology tv and our website is category5.tv so just look for category5 technology tv on there and episode 442 and jeff and i sat down we built our first retro pi it was mm -hmm. fantastic so good it gives us retro gaming on a raspberry pi and it gives us the ability to use ps3 controllers yes yeah how awesome uh but one of the things that we've run into is that as we've added more and more roms which are game uh rips basically to the retro pie it gets full and then you've got to delete some of the games in order to make room for other games especially yep. considering it can emulate the the playstation one yes so the sony playstation the graphics are great the gameplay is much more current and uh it fills up really quickly because some games are you know they're from dvds so some of them are are going to be in the gigs quite large yeah so when you've got a 32 gig uh, micro SD card that uh, came with our kit at cat5.tv slash pi, you do run out of space once you've loaded up a bunch of games. Mm -hmm. So what we've set out to do tonight, I've got a Kingston 128 gig micro SD card. It's good size. This is a fantastic card. You're going to find these actually. We have them on our website because we, you know, sure when you when you buy stuff through our website it supports the show. We appreciate that very very much, but part of it also is that I want you to get the stuff that we recommend. These cards will read at up to 90 megabytes per second. Really? They will write at up to 80 megabytes per second. That's fast. Hear me there. These are very, very fast micro SD cards. So wow. reading and writing, these are what we use in our cameras because we don't want any trouble when we're shooting 4K. We don't want any trouble when we're shooting 1080p or when we've got 360 video recording in real time. It's just not worth the risk. So we want really, really fast micro SD cards. So that's where these Kingston cards come in and you can get one at cat5.tv slash pi. Uh, you'll see all of the recommended hardware there. Then Kingston has also provided us with a Mobile Light G4 Love that thing. micro SD card reader. Love it. It's great. It's, it's a USB 3 card reader, so it works very, very quickly when you connect it to a computer. Now, the Raspberry Pi has only USB 2, so right. it's quite a bit slower um, than this card is capable of. But basically, here's the thing. This ain't going to be your bottleneck. That's right. Okay. I use that all the time at home. The Love. card reader? Yeah. Fantastic. I, I do actually as well. Um, I've got a couple of them that I keep on hand. I, I literally do. <laughs> okay. Uh, because I use them all the time. They also support um, SD cards. Yes. But they support the micro SD without the need for an adapter. It goes right in there. So 
what we have set out to do tonight is a little bit different. Okay. Now, we had thought about, well, why don't we take that 32-gig card, image it to uh, an uh, image file, and then reburn it onto a 128-gig card, expand the file system, and then we've got a 128-gig card. Makes sense. Most people would probably go that route. <clears throat> that makes sense, for sure. I had some trouble with the card that we were using previously, okay. uh, and uh, so it didn't work out. And so I set out for a different option, and what we're going to do today is we're going to be adding this card as basically a second hard drive Ooh. on that Raspberry Pi. Okay. So we're not going to replace the 32-gig the card that has RetroPie on it. We're instead going to supplement it by adding this. But there's only one micro slot in there. Hence the Kingston card reader. There we go. Yes. Okay, so let's... Uh, now, I've got SSH on my... Uh, now, I'm on Linux, so I can just SSH into the, uh, the Raspberry Pi. But the first thing that we want to do, as you can see, uh, RetroPie is loaded. Emulation Station is running. Um, so I want to actually exit any games that I have running right now. Got to fire up my controller. Notice that it's completely wireless. This is a Bluetooth controller, the mm -hmm. PS3 controller, and Raspberry Pi has built-in Bluetooth. So I can reset and uh, exit the game. And now, let's quit Emulation Station. And we're just going to let that kind of shut down. And it takes a moment to completely exit out. But what we're going to get is the IP address of our RetroPie system. Okay. That, now, you'll notice that I've got an Ethernet cable here connected. This Ethernet cable, normally we wouldn't need that on a, a RetroPie because these are retro games. And, of course, retro games do not... You typically use an internet connection, so it's unnecessary. So right. you can just go with power on the USB and HDMI for video output. But today, because we're going to be connecting into it, making some changes to the system and, and using SSH in order to access the Linux operating system, we're going to use that network cable to do that. Okay. So it saves me having to plug in a keyboard and plug in a mouse and do all this and that, uh, and I can control everything over an SSH connection. So if it exits down there for us, takes a moment. Through the magic of television, we can always speed this up. I love that magic of television. It's fantastic, and we're going to utilize it a lot tonight. Mm-hmm. Because we're going to be doing some crazy stuff. You know what's funny? This whole time it's going on, I don't think Sasha's heard a word we've said. What are you up to, Sash? I'm fidget spinning. Are you actually <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying spinning to make the fidget it spin. Spinner? Well, I'm trying to make it spin without touching it. Oh, <laughs> Just, I've seen her out of the corner of my eye. She's just like mesmerized. <laughs> this is this is out. So we've got this um, uh, exited now. So if we look at the screen, it says a little bit of information about it. Shows us that we have used 94% of our micro SD card. That's no good. We're going to run out of space here. Yep. Uh, so the IP address today is 192.168.0.102. Okay. So. I'm going to just uh, clear out what I've got open on my screen here. Let's, uh, let's jump over to Linux. And I'm going to type sshpi at 192.168.0.102. And that is, of course, the IP address as it appears on the screen once I've exited Emulation Station. My password is raspberry. And remember, there's a P in the word raspberry. And there's the same screen that we see um, after having exited um, Emulation Station. Okay, so I'm going to jump into... Now, I'm already in my home folder when I first log in. You'll see a folder called RetroPie and RetroPie Setup. I want to go into RetroPie, and then we're going to see a bunch of folders, and one of them is called ROMs. And when I go into ROMs, we can see that that has a ton of um, uh, systems mm -hmm. that are emulatable 
on the RetroPie. Yes. So that's where all the games are. They're inside that folder. So if we just move those off onto another drive and basically use the magic of Linux in order to allow the ROMs folder to, instead of being a folder, an actual other SD card, then we're going to free up all of that space. If I look at this, like I'm talking a lot here, Jeff, if I do DU, which is disk usage dash H for human readable, look at the bottom there. I'm using currently 24 gigs on that card just for my ROMs, right. the games. So if I move this, I'm going to free 24 gigs on that 32 gig card. Think about that. And just looking at the screen, I'm seeing right there you've got SNES. Oh yeah. And Nintendo 64. Those, oh boy. Like those two are much larger sizes than the other ones. Sure. And I can only oh, imagine how yeah. much bigger the PlayStation One is. Yeah. Well, we can we can actually find out uh, if we go into, let's see, it's PSX, I believe. And if I do a DU-H in that folder, it shows that it's 17 gigs. Wow. Just in the PlayStation uh, folder. Okay. Wow. So, yes, definitely that's so one of the, that's the heavy users yeah. for sure. Okay. So, I've got my micro SD and my uh, micro SD card reader. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to now permanently use. Now, you can use any um, micro SD card reader that you want. But the key thing to remember with this particular one is, as I mentioned here, Jeff, it reads SD cards and micro SD cards. Right. Do you have a... Uh, a card reader in your computer. If you do, you've probably noticed that you've got a a cluster of empty drives. Yes. In your computer. So if you're on Windows, you're going to see an F drive and a G and an H and an I. And as soon as you plug in an SD card, all of a sudden I comes to life. Right. If you plug in a uh, a, a different card, say a CF card, then your G drive comes to life. Right. So each one is assigned a different drive. So it's important to remember because this has two card readers in it. Mm -hmm. It's actually going to show as two drives. Right. But I'm only plugging in one card. So we need to remember that, hey, this is now going to be a, a two-drive device that we're inserting. So if I ever install on this and make changes and, and replace this card reader with one that only has one uh, micro SD, have an impact. it's going to change the drive assignment. So we're going to use what's called UUIDs tonight, and you're going to okay. learn a little bit. This is not necessarily all Raspberry Pi. This is Linux 101. We're going to learn about mounting file systems and formatting file systems and copying files around and mount points and how to do all that, uh, which is really a Linux thing. And I think one of the things that we hit is that when we set up RetroPie, we may not necessarily be Linux gurus. We may just be gamers that want to have a retro gaming system. Right. So. I hope that tonight helps you out. Uh, I'm just going to plug this drive into the system. Uh, before I do that, I want to show you on the screen, if I do an ls slash... Uh, dev slash sd star you'll see no such file or directory and if I do fdisk dash l oh I'm not super user let's become super user sudo su and then I enter I don't even need to enter a password fantastic okay fdisk dash l and you'll see I've got just these two partitions available to me and these are both on the internal 32 gig card alright so Theoretically, as soon as I plug this in, I'm going to see more drives. Correct. So let's do it. I'm just going to plug this into any one of the USB ports that are on the RetroPie. There we go. It's in. And so, and so from above, it just kind of looks like that. I've just plugged it in right there. 
And here we go. Let's do the same thing. LS slash dev slash SD star. Now we see SDA, SDB, and SDB1. So we know that SDA is the full-sized SD card reader because there's no partition. It's not detecting a drive. Right. SDB is the micro SD. We know that because we are seeing a, a partition there. SDB1 is the partition of that hard drive. So uh, that SD card, which is showing as a hard drive. So FDisk-L now, you'll see that SDB1 is being detected, and it shows as 116 gigs. So what we need to do is we need to, um, with that information, we need to now format that drive. So we've got dev slash SDB1, okay? And if we do that directory listing, we can see that. So we need to format that. So we need to type, we need to choose our file system, which I'm going to go with ext3. So we're going to type mkfs for make file system dot ext3 and then slash dev slash sdb1. And that's going to format that to an ext3 file system, which I can say yes. And there's the magic of television zooming along tonight for us. I think this is going to go well. So now... Once that's finished, Jeff, we're going to have this card completely formatted, completely blank, and ready to rock. Good times. Here it comes. Wait for it. And we're done. That's all there is to it. Now, that took, in real time, about, uh, let's say, 20, 25 minutes. Okay. Okay, so Not keep in mind, it's going to take you some time to format that drive. We sped it up through the magic of television, as we call it here at the studio. Um, but for you, it's going to take a fair bit longer, especially for a 128-gig card. And because I'm doing it on the ras Raspberry Pi, it's a little bit slower. I could, if I wanted to, format that EXT3 from another Linux computer that has USB 3, and it's going to be quite a bit more zippy. Okay, so we know the location of our... ROMs, um, but first of all, we can see, okay, we've got the drive now, SDB1, we've formatted it, it's ready to rock, um, but our next step is that we've got to mount this thing so that we can start copying things. So we need to create a mount point, and I can call that slash MNT slash SDB1, uh, but for your sake, I'm just going to call it whatever, and then that way, uh, you know that there's a differentiation. We're actually creating that as a mount point. So you see that? Whatever. It's a folder. Uh, but we're going to mount our hard drive to that. So mount slash dev slash SDB1, and then the destination is slash MNT slash whatever. And now it's mounted, no errors. And if I type uh, LS to the RetroPie folder in home, I'm going to see all the ROMs that are there. So these I need to actually start copying over from the built-in, like the, basically the internal SD card, I need to start copying those onto the, the new external SD card, which right. is completely blank. And we know that it's located at slash MNT slash MN uh, slash whatever. We know that the uh, ROMs on the internal card are in the home slash retro pi or slash pi slash retro pi slash ROMs. So in order to copy those over, now that I've mounted that, I can type CP R for recursive and then P lowercase uh, for preserve your permissions. And that preserves uh, the ownership of the files, the actual permissions of the files. Mm -hmm. Don't forget. Dash R is a capital R, 
so that it gets all of the f subfolders and files, and lowercase p to copy all the permissions so that you don't have a problem where, for some reason, after doing this, because we're root, um, you're going to lose access to those ROMs. And then if you're not a Linux guy, you might have some trouble. So if you're not somebody who's, you know, up to date on all the Linuxiness of it, what happens, what happens if you use small r or big P and you reverse them? Are you going to get an adverse effect? Well, they're different. They're happens? different commands. Okay. And off the top of my head, I don't even know what they are. Okay, fair enough. So <laughs> capital R is recursive. Lowercase p is preserve your um, your uh, permissions and, and ownership. Case sensitive people. What is a lowercase r? What is an uppercase p? I don't know. I don't use those ones. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. You can look it up. Read the man pages. Okay, so the source is slash home slash pi slash retro pi slash roms slash star for everything in that folder. Then our destination is, of course, slash mnt slash whatever. And hit enter. And moment of truth. How do we know if it's copying, Sasha? We can bring up another SSH yes, terminal window. Yes, we can. We can we can do HTOP like we learned last week. But I can just SSH right into that system a, a second time. So I've got two windows now, and I can I can log in again. So let's do that. And then I can navigate to the mount point where I'm copying to my destination. And let's just see, is stuff landing there? And there we go. So we're starting to see, notice that everything is owned by Pi, where it's applicable. Uh, there is a symlink there. Uh, I can see that if I type du-h, which we already learned, we can see that 18 megs is currently being used. So it is making progress. It's copying away. And we can keep doing that du-h if we want to see the progress. Remove the dot h if you're, if you're not seeing it increase past 18. It might be that it's moving slowly. So right. removing the dash H will stop rounding, and you'll get the actual full length, how many bytes have, oh, okay. been, have been used. All right. Okay. So our copy process is complete. It took some time because there's a lot of data there. Uh, but again, we've sped things up for you tonight. This is a live show, but I did kind of pre-do some of this stuff beforehand up to this point. So from here on in, everything that you see is in real time. Everything is live. And, uh, and we're going to actually take that SD card now, which we formatted. We have uh, copied all of the ROMs, too, and notice that we copied them. Mm -hmm. Sasha, last week we had a problem with our micro SD card when Correct. we tried this very feature. And just, just guess why we're doing a copy routine here instead of a move routine. Referring back to episode number 476. Uh, what was it? 496. Pardon me. In, in case you have a corrupted situation could happen yeah could happen you want folks. to copy you don't want to move imagine if you moved all your files over and we see this all the time in business where somebody says oh i moved all my stuff they call it a backup but no they moved all their their files their photos and everything onto this new external hard drive that they bought and then they dropped it and then it's gone yeah. uh, in our case if we had moved all these roms over to that bad sd card last week um, then we would have lost those roms mm -hmm. so what i've done instead is we've copied recursively with maintaining the permissions so now we have a copy on the uh, original card and on this new external card as well so we're gonna jump 
you have a question? I was actually going to say, one of the things I love about the show is we have the chat room. Yes. I asked the question about the big P, little P, big R, little R. Yeah, okay, what do we got? It's a Dr. Zeus book or something. So Sparkly Balls helped us out. Thanks, Uh, buddy. Little R is copy recursively, non-directories as files. Big R is copy uh, directories recursively. Big P is is append the source path to directory. That's not what we wanted. No. And small P is preserve file attributes if possible. There you go. There you go. So Educating you on the fly. Linux is case sensitive, and you're going to find that. You notice when we go into CD space slash home slash pi slash retro pi with a capital R and a capital P, if I left off those caps, it's going to say that folder doesn't exist. Right. Because you can have two different folders that have exactly the same name but different capitalizations. Been there, done that. Mm-hmm. There was a pain in the butt to fix that mistake. Keep that in mind. Thank you for helping us out there, Sparkly Balls. Okay, so jumping back to our SSH terminal window here. So now um, we're going to, in fact, we've got, we've got two copies, as I was saying. So I'm just going to quickly prepare this. Uh, we're going to remount this because I actually did that step a little before the show. So mount SDB1 uh, to mount whatever okay so now we are right back where we were where we started our copy is complete do you want to confirm that your copy is complete do we want to make absolutely certain that it matches we can actually do something like this um we can do uh well currently i'm in slash home slash pi slash retro pi slash rom so i can do du dash h you can see 24 gigs. That's not good enough for me. I want to do just DU, and we've got 243-18700, slash MNT, slash, uh, and we're going to go into whatever, and I'm going to go DU, so 8700. So it's a little bit off, and that could be because of uh, various different things, but we can see that everything is there. It's 24 gigs. Um, there could have been, like, hidden little system things or whatever but right. I guarantee you everything's there. So we know that the files are there. We've got 24 gigs in our slash MNT slash whatever. So now our final step, if you can believe this. Sasha, you ready? Yes. Our final step is to now turn that drive, our new drive, into our ROMs folder. How okay. the heck do we do that? How do we do that, Rob? Yeah. We learned about mounting mm-hmm. because we created a mount point called slash MNT slash whatever, and we mounted to that. So we know through that that we can mount anything, any other drive to a folder. So if I go CD dot dot and then I type U mount, remember I am super user right now, U mount whatever, that means unmount whatever. Now if I do LS whatever, it's an empty folder. What? because I unmounted it. If I remount it, or mount it again, and do the same thing, ls, whatever, you'll see everything's there. So then you mount, whatever, and it's gone, okay? So nothing has been deleted, it's just that I've turned off that mount point. It's now a folder. It's empty, and there's nothing to it. Um, So there's nothing there because nothing's mounted on it. And you can confirm these things by typing mount, and it will show you all the things that are currently mounted. Now, if your system has to reset, will it be unmounted? Like, will those changes be undone? So that well, we're going to learn how to how to make it permanent here. Oh, perfect. So, let's, so I'm jumping the gun. Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> and that's fine. Of course, we're going to learn how to make this a permanent thing. 
Uh, okay, I just want to make sure that I have... Yeah, okay. All right. I just saw when I typed mount that there was something that one of my tests was still mounted, uh, and I just fixed that. You may have caught that. Uh, so dev slash stb1 is just the media slash USB. Okay, so now I have gone to slash home slash pi slash retro pi, and if I do ls roms, there's my roms in the internal SD card. So do I want to delete that? No, remember, we're, we're talking about redundancy here, okay? So we're going to move it instead. We're going to move ROMs to ROMs dash, uh, let's call it BAK for backup, okay? So now, if I booted up my RetroPie, it's going to crash out because there are, there's no ROMs folder. It's gone. So I need to make a folder called ROMs. Simple enough. Mm-hmm. Do an LS dash LI, uh, LAH, and you'll see that it's owned by root, so I need to CH own pi colon pi roms okay so now everything looks right okay if i do an ls roms you'll see it's empty if i do ls roms back you see all my stuff is there mm -hmm. so next thing we want to do is enter our roms folder okay and we're going to type c h a t t r plus i enter uh, and let's add a dot at the end of that for the current folder now, ls, nothing has changed. What has changed? If I touch something, touch test, permission denied. Ah. Okay? So what I just did with the chatter command is I told it that if this is not mounted right now, don't allow anything to accidentally get written to this folder. Because okay. if, if you do, then you're no longer going to be able to mount your external drive. So if I booted it up and I had that unplugged for some reason and then accidentally threw some ROMs on there, then I would lose my mount point because it's now a folder with recursive files and I can't mount it anymore. So Chatter allows me to block the ability to accidentally put anything in this folder. Uh, if I try to do something, if I try to do anything, test. Watch what happens when I try to write that file. Error writing. Permission denied. Even though I am super user. Okay, so that's a great way, a great thing to do. So to give you an idea what I'm actually going to do, so I've created this new folder called ROMs. Okay, ROMs back is just a backup so that we can make sure everything works before we delete it. Now, remember our mount command, slash dev, slash sdb1, and then we're going to do this instead. Home, pi, retro pi. Make sure you use the whole path, okay? We're not just going to do ROMs. ROMs, enter. Now ls roms all of our roms are there but they are on sdb that external hard drive sdb1 on that it's mounted to that okay okay so a couple of advantages to this first of all unlimited space because we can just add a bigger card if we wanted to secondary uh we can unplug the we can turn off the ra raspberry pi unplug the card reader with the 128 gig card plug it into our Linux laptop, and copy more ROMs to it. We don't right. need to use Samba. We don't need to do anything else. We can copy and manipulate the file system on a computer screen with the GUI if we want, and then just plug it back in, boot it up, and it's, everything's there. So the same process would work if, say, you know, you've got a 128-gig card, and you say, you know what, I'd really rather just have a 500-gig external hard drive. You can do that. The exact same thing applies. Exactly the same process to format it, to mount it, to prepare it, to copy the files. Everything is the same. You can have a, a three terabyte external hard drive plugged into that and do the exact same thing. Unlimited power. 
But the question that you raised already is how can we make sure that this is persistent? Yes. Because right now I mounted it, but if I reboot, ROMs is now going to be just an empty folder that you can't write to. Right. So we're not going to be able to do anything with it. When we come back after this quick break, we're going to learn how we can actually make this a permanent mount point so that when that is com- uh, plugged in, when we turn on the RetroPie, it's going to automatically mount it in the right place, and we're going to start gaming from our 128-gig So excited! Card. Stick around. We'll be right back. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're gonna find. Five dollars and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome back. And tonight we are learning to expand our RetroPie gaming system by adding an extra SD card through an SD card reader. This is cool stuff, folks. We're adding to our 32 gig system another 128 gigs to place all our ROMs on. So before the break, we learned how to set all that up, how to mount it as a temporary like test, uh, how to create all the, the mount points and how to make it so that you don't accidentally write to that mount point. Um, the question came up in the chat room just as we were on break there. How, what would happen if you didn't move um, the ROMs to ROMs-back mm-hmm. and you tried to mount to it? Uh, ROMs. And the answer is, is, and this is why we use Chatter just before the break, is if the folder that you're trying to mount to has anything in it, if it is anything other than a completely empty folder, mounting will fail. Okay? Uh, I can demonstrate that by simply doing mount slash dev slash sdb1 ROMs dash back. And if, well, that's a bad example because it's it's the same files, <laughs> right. so it's going to look exactly the same. Um, and in fact, um, it may actually let you do that, but then, see, you get a real problem. It, it, so if it does, it, it let me do that. Um, if it does let you do that, um, you can run into this problem where you're not sure which drive you're writing to. Right. Does that okay. make sense? Yep. So perhaps maybe Linux now, uh, um, back when I started with Linux, it wouldn't even allow it. Now it looks like it did take. So, so the, the answer then is, has to be adapted to say, okay, you could probably mount it, but then how do you know which folder you're looking at? Um, so when you copy files over and ROMs over, then how do you know that it's, uh, that it's to the right card? Right. And you don't lose access to those and get all confused. And I had that happen when I was younger, learning Linux, and I, I was writing a bunch of stuff to a mount point, and didn't realize that it wasn't mounted. 
And so I lost all those files because I didn't understand the difference between the mount point and the mounted file system. So, so that's pretty brutal. Um, so for us now, we're going to learn how to make this a persistent or permanent uh, change, Jeff. So I'm going to unmount that. Uh, so you mount ROMs. So now ROMs is empty again. Okay. And if I type mount, you'll see that dev slash sdb1 is, again, just USB 0. So we need to know what's called the UUID. I alluded to this a little bit earlier. The UUID is a, uh, an identifiable, it's like a fingerprint for this SD card. It's so UU perfectly is identifiable. unique user? Sure, unique let's take it. ID? Unique user ID. Oh, okay. Let's go with that. I have no idea what it stands for, Just Jeff. UUID. But that sounds good. All right. Unique umbrella interface daemon. Sounds painful. It's, it's probably a unique user. I don't know. <laughs> so anyways, it is a unique identifier for that particular drive. If I take that card out and I plug it into a different card reader, my slash dev slash SDB will change. Right. That yeah. can mess up people. So then all of a sudden you can't mount things because it's not working. And then you realize, oh, my card is now SDA. So we don't use those dev assignments for permanent uh, permanently affixing the mount point. It was good for our tests right. and for doing our formatting and things like that. But for the permanent way, we're going to use the unique identifier so that it will always remain the same because the card's UUID will never change. Um, so that's what we're going to do. I'll show you how to do it. Sound good? BLKID. BLKID is a command that tells you the UUIDs of all of your storage media on your computer. So we see a couple here. We know that these MMCBLK things are the, uh, the 32 gig card. Those are the ones in the internal card reader. The external card reader shows up for us as SDB1. That's the partition. So the UUID for that is right here within the quotes. And if I highlight this, because I'm on SSH, it makes it super beautiful because I can copy and paste. Yes. Right? Because I'm on Linux, I'm on Ubuntu Mate, and I can highlight in a terminal window from the SSH session and copy the UUID. You may, you know, hopefully you've got such a great setup and you can do it that way. Um, now that that's in my clipboard, I can type uh, nano slash etc slash fs tab. That's our file system table. And now at the end of the file, we're going to add that drive, that partition, as a mount point, uh, as a, a permanent mount to the file system tab. It's all going to make sense in just a second. UUID, all uppercase. Remember, things are case sensitive. Equals, no space. Edit, paste. So UUID equals that space where do we want to put that slash home slash pi slash retro pi with the caps where they go slash roms what is the file system type that we chose ext3 space what do we want to do defaults how do we want to do it zero <laughs> Always same. a good time. Five. <laughs> and the last zero. Shouldn't see that coming. The last zero says don't scan this thing at, at boot up. So if you reboot a bunch of times. Oh no, uh, the first zero says don't don't uh, don't scan it. The second zero is the or the order in which you're going to scan it if it does, which we're not doing, so zero is fine. 
Okay, so it's got to be written like that. UUID equals, and then the UUID. The mount point is slash home slash pi slash retro pi slash ROMs, and then the file system is ext3 in our case. It, it's whatever you format it to. And then defaults, and then zero, zero. Output with control O, enter, and control X. If you get a file uh, you can't save uh, error, then maybe you're not super user. Remember, I use sudo su to become super user. You'll see that I am logged in as root. Uh, who am I? Root. Okay, so now LS ROMs, nothing has changed. Mount dash A. Remember, anytime you edit your FS tab, always do mount dash A as root before you reboot. You might be tempted to reboot to try it, make sure it worked. Well, then you're going to crash your whole system if it didn't. So it may hang up trying to mount, it may crash out completely because something's broken. Always do mount dash A first so that you can test that it's going to work. Hit enter. No errors. What happens when I type LS space ROMs? Ready for the moment of truth, Sasha? Yes. And enter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as I'm sitting here watching over your shoulder, I feel like I need to say, did you see the woman in the red dress? <laughs> what are we on about? I feel like I'm watching a scene from The Matrix. Oh, all that code, oh. just the way you work it through it. It's like yeah. you just pull this stuff out, and I'm watching. It's almost like on on the screen. I'm seeing the way you're mm. visually seeing all this happen. I'm like, man, this guy's good. He is, eh? I know. I don't even pay these people. <laughs> Goodness me, they're very smart. Well, you know what, Sasha? We had a practice run. <laughs> I bet I'm benefiting in this in this episode because this is my pie and mm, I'm going that's to true. go home and play it. This was Sasha's idea. She needed more space for more ROMs. <laughs> you know what a great feature would be, Ravi? Mm. Let's uh, fix up my pie. Mm. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, so let's let's do this. Um, we know that that has worked in that regard, but if I type mount, what do we see? Slash dev slash sdb1 is on ROMs. See that at the very last uh, entry here? Well, why does it say SDB1? We used the UUID because daddy knows, child. It just, that's how it works. So, uh, totally unrelated to this episode, mm. why is it that every time when you look for something, the thing you're looking for is the very last thing on the list? It's the last thing I did. It's the, last mount, it's the last mount point that was added to the mounts. Okay. Yeah, the mounts table. I've always wondered that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I know. Well, because you stop looking when you find it, Jeff. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> no but it just all these episodes, it's all these like little basic fundamental questions that I don't even think about. And then I'm going, oh, wait, why is it that this just happens hmm. that way? It's, it's those little things in life Deep that thoughts. I appreciate. <laughs> With Jeff Weston. Okay, so... Let's cat that file again, etc slash fs tab. We know that our UUID works. Everything's good. And that, my friends, is the true moment of truth. Uh, reboot. Did you hear the, the, the live action of that? What a good time. Of reboot? Yeah, you know the cartoon show? They're redoing it, but live action. Reboot, reboot, reboot. Hmm. I remember the name, but I can't it was, picture it. Was a cartoon it. Somebody I just saw that in the news today. I was oh, like, yeah? Wow. Wow. I don't know how I feel about taking a CG show and making real people. Isn't oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember it. Okay. Once yeah. you said CG, I remember. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the earlier CG shows. 
Cool. Here we go. It's loading up emulation station. This is our RetroPie setup. Emulation now station. we've got two SD cards, and if everything goes well, we're going to see games that are games in our ROMs hard. folder. Yeah. Okay, are we ready? Let's okay. fire up our game controller. So we've you shouldn't have light. to reconfigure your controller or any no, no, no. settings? No, nothing like that. It's all done. It thinks that this hard drive is the ROM, this SD card or whatever you plugged in is the ROMs folder. It's wonderful. It doesn't know any better. I taught it what to do. Uh, where do we want to go? Atari. Atari? When do we want to do it? Nah. <laughs> Atari 2600. Let's see what you got in there. And where am I going, Sash? Okay, oh, so we Montezuma's see a game Montezuma's Revenge. What is it called? Montezuma's Revenge. Monta what, Mana? Montezuma's Revenge. That starts with an M, I take it. Yes. M M. Been there. <laughs> On vacation. <laughs> Holy yes. cow! D E F. Holy cow! How many Atari games do you have? Many. No wonder we need to add more space. I know, right? So I'm going Atari games little... are huge. I've ran out of space. Not anymore. M I know. Not now. Uh, <laughs> like, Rob, you want to do another episode? <laughs> Mondo, Mondo Pong, Monster Size, Monster Size, Montezuma's Revenge. Is that the one? Yes. Go. He's good. Mm. Come on. Yeah! <laughs> this looks awesome, Sasha. Down the How line. do you work it? Okay, the there's line. my jump. Yeah. There's my controls. Okay, oh, this is the ladder? Yeah, you die okay. easy. Jump to the rope. No! Ah. Oh. Other side. Jump to the rope. D down. Okay. Go back to the ladder. Go down the ladder. Okay. See this go one? To the, go to the right. Ah. Right? And then jump to the rope. Okay, now oh, jump okay. to the other ladder. Oh, oh, okay. Do and I presume that the rolling skull is a bad guy. It's a bad guy. Okay. Avoid the skull. Time your jump. Yes! yes! I made go it. Go get the key. Oh, what's the key do? That opens either door, right or left. You have to go all the way back. Are you serious? Yeah. Are you kidding me? I am serious. I gotta get past the skull man again? Serious as a Oh! No, I turned into but you still have the key because it's so nice to you. So you can just Are you go to serious? Door. I have the key? You have the key. I still have the key. It's good like that. That's why I like it. Okay. Uh, so I just choose a door? Yep. Either or. Oh, come on now. You have to jump. Okay. okay. Oh, come on now. <laughs> I am thankful that I do not lose the key. Oh, great. Okay. More Two skull skulls. guys. Avoid both of them. Jump over You're me. You're not avoiding Oh, them come well. on. <laughs> oh, there's only one now. Well, is that yeah. all I have to do is just touch them and they disappear? At some point, you're going to be done with this game. I think you can only die five times. How many oh. Oh. You're, good. you're good at this. You got all the way to room two. Well, hey, for a first time, that's a lot of fun. Okay, so there we have it, folks. <laughs> On an off note, just like completely yeah. on, if anybody gets a dog or a pet or anything and it's female, can you please name it Pseudo Sue? I think it's hilarious. Please. The final thing that we can do here, Sash? <laughs> yeah. The very, very final thing? Not your child, though. Let's connect. Somebody's yeah, not your go. kid. Not your kid. Okay. <laughs> let's connect again. Okay. And let's get into a retro pie folder and... RM-RF-ROMS-BACK. Did they change the logo there? There we go. That's a Raspberry. It's got a white bottom to it. Look at that. And now do you notice that ROMS says root root? But look at what happens if I look in it. Pi, 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 pi. Because it knows, uh, because I used the P, the lowercase p. All right, so now I have deleted the backup version of the, uh, the ROMS that we created. And we can see that 
that didn't make any changes to anything. Everything works exquisitely. Good times. Enjoy. And now that Sasha has expanded hard drive room, uh, she'll be taking a year hiatus from the show. That's it. That's it. (laughs) She's going to be playing games. We've lost Sasha. Sorry, I didn't realize that we didn't have the screen up. So that's that's, uh, all working. So we're in a Nintendo game now. And uh, I can navigate just perfectly fine. Beautiful. Okay, so don't forget, episode number 442, if you're interested in building your own retro pie system, you can get a kit at cat5.tv slash pie, download the free software, find yourself some abandoned ware uh, ROMs that are available for you, downloadable off the web, and uh, make sure that it's legal in your area, make sure that the ones you're downloading are not, uh, you know, it's abandoned ware, a lot of them, like, these are from 1980s kind of things, so um, sometimes they're, they're available for free downloads, so... All right, there you have it. Thanks, everybody. Wow. Um, yes, yeah. I just have one question of everyone. There is an Atari game, and I can't remember the name of it, but I have so many Atari games, Pitfall. it's going to take me forever to go through it. It's not Pitfall. What is it? You're like a little tiny, almost like a chicken guy. You're like a tiny chicken little, guy. almost like an egg, and you're just running across the screen, and there's like little valleys. They're, they're just like V valleys and, and sort of corresponding mountains. And you're just running and jumping, and you make a cute little noise. What's it called? Somebody's played this. That's your challenge for the week, What's folks. What's it called? Comment below. Let, it, let Sasha know, <laughs> and we'll mention it on the show next week. Sasha, it's time for the news, mm. and uh, right. if you'd like to take it away. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. A major blow in the fight for privacy. The U.S. Senate plans to allow ISPs to sell your browser history to advertisers. 30% of jobs in the U.K. are at risk of robot takeover. Microsoft appears to be purposefully crippling OneDrive's performance on non-Windows systems such as Linux. FedEx is offering customers $5 US to enable Adobe Flash in their browsers. And an autonomous Uber car crash in Arizona has led the company to pull autonomous vehicles from the road. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well, of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, Because Cat5.tv slash GearBest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock-bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about uh, consumer electronics? Those make a great gift. Absolutely. From high-tech watches to action cameras, headphones, even virtual reality headsets. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has you covered. They literally have it all, Jeff. Literally. Really? It's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb. Yeah. I, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of ele- uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, what about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cap5.tv slash gearbest. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, now that the winter has passed, flying season. 
Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh my goodness! Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, but of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash GearBest. See, that's easy. Cat5.tv slash GearBest. That's right. Happy shopping. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of March 29, 2017. The U.S. Senate has voted to kill privacy rules that would have prevented ISPs from selling your browser history under the fantastic logic that mobile operators aren't under the same restriction. The vote on Thursday broke along party lines, of course, and a decision to invoke the obscure Congressional Review Act of 1996 in agreeing to a congressional disapproval of the rules was passed 50 votes to 48. The rules had previously been approved by U.S. broadband watchdog, the FCC, and were due to take effect at the start of March. But new FCC chair, Ajit Pai, who originally voted against them, killed them off with a two-to-one vote just days before. The arguments for doing so have been mind-boggling. The senator who introduced the resolution, Jeff Flake of Arizona, argued that his proposal would protect consumers from overreaching internet regulation. But, objectively, the rules were specifically designed to protect consumers by giving them the ability to decide how their how their private data, including what websites they visit and when, can be used. Flake argued that the rules were preventing consumers from receiving innovative and cost-saving product offerings. In other words, ads from companies that have paid your ISP for your personal information. With ISPs now given carte blanche to use their customers' data pretty much however they want, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EFF, put together some highly likely and deeply worrying uses that will now be made of your data, which is selling your location and personal information to marketers, hijacking searches, inserting ads, installing apps on your phone that track you and utilize undetectable tracking codes. It's a sad day. A recent study has revealed that robotics and artificial intelligence could affect almost a third of UK jobs by the 2030s. However, the report from accountancy firm PwC also predicted that the nature of some some occupations would change rather than disappear. It added that automation could create more wealth and additional jobs elsewhere in the economy. Jobs in manufacturing and retail were among the most at risk from the new technologies, the report said. The study estimated that 30% of existing jobs in the UK were potentially at a high risk of automation compared with 38% in the US, 35% in Germany, and 21% in Japan. John John Hawksworth, chief economist at PwC, told the BBC that more manual routine jobs which can effectively be programmed were at the most risk. He said, jobs where you've got more of a human touch, like health and education, would be safer. I'm safe. Plenty of Linux users are up in arms about the performance of the OneDrive web app. 
They say that when accessing Microsoft's cloud storage system in a browser on non-Windows systems, such as Linux or Chrome OS, the service grinds to a barely usable crawl. But when they use a Windows machine on the same internet connection, speedy access resumes. Okay, fair enough. There must be something proprietary in Windows that makes it faster, right? Wrong. When the same users change their browser's user agent string, which is a snippet of the text a snippet of text the browser sends to the website describing itself to the Internet Explorer or to Internet Explorer or Edge, magically their OneDrive access speeds up to normal even though they're on a non-Windows PC. In other words, Microsoft's OneDrive web app appears to slow down deliberately when it appears you're using Linux or some other Windows rival. This has been going on for months and complaints flared up again this week after netizens decided enough is enough. When gripes about this suspicious slowdown have cropped up previously, Microsoft has coldly reminded people that OneDrive, OneDrive for Business is not supported on Linux, thus the poor performance is to be expected. But remember, when you change the user agent string of your browser on Linux to match IE or Edge, suddenly OneDrive's web code runs fine. Wow. Yeah. FedEx is offering customers $5 US to enable Adobe Flash in their browsers. The offer is being made to users of FedEx Office Print, the custom printing tentacle of the transport company. FedEx Office Print lets customers design posters, signs, manuals, banners, and even promotional magnets. But the web interface that that lets you order custom prints requires Adobe Flash, the enemy of anyone interested in security and browser stability. And by anyone, we mean Google, which with Chrome 56 will only load Flash if users say they want to use it, and Microsoft, which will stop supporting Flash in its Edge browser when the Windows 10 Creator update debuts. Mozilla's Firefox will still run, but not for long. The impact of all that flash hate is clearly that people are showing up at FedEx Office Print without the plugin required to use it. But seeing as they can't use the service without it, FedEx has to make the offer to give each customer $5 off their order if they install Flash. Is this a good idea or a bad idea? Uber has pulled its self-driving cars from the roads after an accident which left one of the vehicles on its side. Pictures posted online showed the car on its right side on an Arizona street next to another badly damaged vehicle. The car, a Volvo SUV, was in self-driving mode at the time of the crash on Friday, Uber said. Thankfully, no one was hurt. A spokeswoman for the local police said the accident occurred when another vehicle failed to yield to the Uber car at a left turn. Uber self-driving cars always have a human in the driving seat who can take over the controls. The company pulled its self-driving vehicles off the road in Arizona at first, followed by test sites in Pennsylvania and California, all three states where it operated the vehicles. Uber is having a tough go as of late, admits reports of poor treatment of employees. A number of executives have quit, including the president, Jeff Jones. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis.
Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and you can find our website at category5.tv. Nice to see you again, Jeff. Uh, it's good to be here. This went uh, smashingly well tonight. Um, worked out really, really well. It did. Um, one of the things that I, as an, a non-gamer, um, can appreciate is folks who do a lot of um, game casting. Now, right. my broadcast is typically general technology and things like that, but it can sometimes be difficult to now take our RetroPie or take a PlayStation 4 or take a, even a computer and uh, record that so that it can be broadcast. We run into this with the Pixel Shadow, right. mindtest.tv. It's one of our shows here at Category 5, and we do a lot of game capture for the Mindtest video game. But um, when you install something like Fraps or when you use screen capture software on the computer that you're actually using to game, it affects your frame rate. Right. It requires a lot of hard drive space, a lot of power a lot of times because you're working with HD video and, and you're playing the game at the same time as you're trying to record it. It can be brutal. Mm -hmm. So similarly, you know, we're using a RetroPie tonight and it's got some games on it. And say we were a broadcaster and we wanted to record our gameplay so that we could later up upload it to YouTube and you see right. it all the time. How can we do that from something like a RetroPie? It doesn't have enough power to install screen capture software and things like no. that. We could plug it. We could buy a very expensive capture card. We could uh, plug it into a computer that has enough power to record. Uh, but as our guest um, a couple weeks ago had mentioned, that his computer itself was not powerful enough oh, to. Oh, Noah. Noah was saying it, yes. it, his computer wasn't powerful enough to record directly uh, the gameplay. So we had to buy a separate device. So I started looking around for, hey, how can we kind of utilize this idea here in the studio and make things a lot? easier mm -hmm. and that's when i found cat5.tv slash agp tech and okay. that's spelled a-g-p-t-e-k now the capture device from agp tech is a little different from what noah had noah still uh, device still required that you plug it into a computer and it records to that computer's hard drive right. but it takes over some of the cpu rendering and things like that the stuff that takes your computer and slows it down and puts it on an external device giving him more power. Right. I wanted to take it one step further, and instead of doing that, I wanted to see if there was some way to eliminate the need for a computer altogether. To okay. be able to plug something in to uh, a PlayStation 4 without having to affect your gameplay and just push record. Remember when we had VCRs? Yes. And you could just push record anytime you wanted, and you had a recording of amazing. what you were doing. So I did find this AGP Tech device, and this thing is sweet. It is cheap. Yeah, if you can just lift that bad boy up for me. There we go. And it looks like that. And you didn't know this, but uh, we were actually using this tonight. Um, and what it has is HDMI input from the RetroPie, or it could be anything at all that, uh, that is supported. If you want to plug it into your game console or your computer's HDMI output, it goes into the HDMI input. Then it has an HDMI output to go to the TV. So we're able to have low latency, zero latency, as far as I can tell, uh, gameplay so that I can still see it up on the TV even when I'm recording. Right. So this device has a USB port, so I can plug in a USB external flash drive or hard drive, yep. or an SD card port. So okay. I've plugged an SD card in here. I've got a Kingston SD card in a, in a it's a micro SD inside of a micro SD to SD adapter uh, that they provide with it. And all I have to do in order to start recording whatever is on my screen is just push down on that. And you'll see a little red light come on and oh, it, it is literally recording right now. So anything that's going on on the screen on the computer. So if I, let's bring up this shot so that you can see what's going on here. And I'll just, uh, I'll exit this game. Let's turn on the controller first. 
There we go. I'm going to exit the game, and let's just even look at that. So, you know, I can just navigate the menu system here, and there you have it. So I'm actually recording what you're seeing on the screen there to this device over HDMI. Okay. The AGP Tech uh, device takes it one step further, Jeff, because if you're really into retro gaming, which I am, you want to be able to record from stuff that's not HDMI. You might have right. an old NES system. You may have a legitimate... Um, old system that you want to plug in for retro gaming, this does something truly unique for the price point. It has Ooh. a breakout cable. Nice. This breakout cable gives us both component and composite. Okay? Look at that. So we can record from our standard old style devices that are not HD. It takes it one step further, Jeff. What? It then converts it in this device as you're recording to HDMI output. Wow. So now I can plug my old console into this. Yep. I can press record to record my gameplay and have it up on the big screen TV because it's got HDMI output. Oh my goodness. And it converts it all for me. It also has a microphone jack so that uh, you can plug in a microphone if you want to do live um, voiceover. Uh, you can do that. My preference is instead to record to a separate device, the audio. I've got a Zoom H4n that I record with the headset mic and then I add it later so right. that I can do some editing and things like that. But it also has an audio line output so that you can plug this directly into an audio system or a pair of headphones or something like that. But there you have it. It's the simplest way to do it. I'm only giving you a very, very brief overview of this particular device because there's more to it, but it is very, very simple. It does have a wireless controller okay. that allows you to change between 720p and 1080p recording. It is 30 frames a second. So Noah's had the advantage of it goes up to 60 frames a second. Right. For what I do, for anything that I'm going to need this for, I'm, I'm very happy with 30 frames a second. So this does something else for us. So now here in the studio, okay, so forgetting about gaming, maybe gaming isn't your thing, what could you use this for? We use, uh, we're looking at a DSLR camera right now. This is a Nikon D5100. And we've, I, I've hacked the firmware using Nikon Hacker, and I've given us clean HDMI output. Mm -hmm. But the Nikon cameras and, and most DSLR cameras are going to give you an option of, do you want to record to SD or do you want to output over HDMI? You can't do both. Okay. So everything that I can record from this camera is going to be done on Wirecast, which is great. It does a fantastic job, but I can plug my DSLR camera into the AGP Tech device, then the output from that into Wirecast. I can broadcast in real time just like we do already, but I can push record on this device and I have an isolated recording of just that camera. Oh, okay. So if for some reason something goes wrong and I lose some file or, um, for example, if I forget to change cameras there and I want to switch it in post-production, I can then edit it and fix that. Makes sense. I've got ISO recording in line using this so I could have one on each camera and, uh, and that will give that to me. Nice. Um, it could also be used for, um, you know, not just the gaming, but as I say, just a dirt cheap kind of recorder for, uh, for your camera mm -hmm. in broadcast. And I also think about how we'd love to do more in the field recordings, uh, broadcast, but it requires a very powerful computer. Mm -hmm. With this, I can record using this device and then have the output from the camera going into a laptop or something like that to do the very low resolution broadcasting because where it really needs a lot of power is 
in the record to disk. This will take care of the recording from the camera. I can then post-produce it later. See, and as you're talking about this, I'm thinking of a very practical and, for me, emotional reason why I would want this. Mm -hmm. Our uh, oldest, we have like his um, various videos of him as a baby and um, clean version of the birth and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff, but it's on film. Uh, So, but the camera does have... Video output. Yeah. Composite. And so I haven't, I mean, I still have the tapes. They still work. I view them every once in a while, but it's, it's the paying to convert it. That's just oh my so goodness. frigging costly. That's not even what this is intended for. But, but yeah, you're work. right. Plug in your camera to this, push record, push play, let it roll, and you're done. It's on an SD card. And I've just converted all, oh my goodness, my wife's going to be so happy. Wow. Uh, so check these out cat5.tv slash A-G-P tech. T-E-K. All right. And I am incredibly happy with this purchase. I think it's a fantastic little device and I'm glad that we carry them. Glad that I found it. So check it out. This has been Category 5 Technology TV. I can't have both of you on the set at the same time. It's like, there, you got to get in here, yeah. Jeff. So, um, have, I'm, ex- I'm extended today. Yeah, I gave you an I'm extension ex- I'm cord. I'm extended. Look at I that. Even gave, I gave him a longer leash. Yeah. It's about time. It's all the time that we have, but I hope you had a fun week this week, and uh, I will look forward to seeing you again next week. So, mm-hmm. Take care, everybody. Bye, See everybody. Ya. Bye. Bye.